0: Who is it? It's Jimmy Richardson, Mr. Bishop.
1: Oh, very well, Jimmy. Wait uh, just a moment. What the?
2: Who are you? Are you? Well, get it him. Get him. Get him.
1: Get him. Get Come on, quickly. Don't
2: make so much noise. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. He got lost. That's it. That's it. it. Good. He's out. We've got him. We are the for the
1: We present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. The Missing Inventor. Over the years, I've been privileged to chronicle hundreds of the cases that Sherlock Holmes has worked on. And most of them, I'm happy to say, have been extremely successful. A few have been failures, and many so secret that Holmes has strictly forbidden me to write even the briefest account of them. But as the years pass, and the names of the people involved fade from importance, and the events become forgotten reports in the yellowing pages of newspapers... Holmes has relaxed his rules and allowed me to give an accurate account of how his influence and authority has actually changed the policies of many high officials.
2: Uh, There
1: was one case that is now over ten years old. It happened back in 1881. I was still living in the rooms at 221B Baker Street. I clearly remember that it was summer, and for England, a rather beautiful summer, Filled with clear skies, warm days, and leisurely evenings. But Holmes was rather bored. And, as always in these circumstances, he scanned the newspapers for any sort of unsolved crime.
0: Uh, nothing. Nothing at all, Watson. The fine weather has made all London content. Not a single crime of interest reported in the Daily Press.
1: Well, surely you should be glad of that, Holmes. No law-abiding citizen can actually want a crime to happen. No, no, of course not. But the... The
0: average person can give vent to his feelings in various ways. He can read books of violence and murder, adventure stories where the hero does things he dare not do himself. He can go to the theatre and rid himself of the emotions of anger and hatred. Unfortunately, I am unable to do that. I have to remain apart to be analytical, dispassionate. I need something real to occupy my mind, not some fictional fantasy. That's why the only thing in this evening's paper that interests me is the so-called agony column... The personal cry for help. Uh, For instance, listen to this. It says here, Colin, please come back. I forgive you and I am truly sorry, Florence. Now, that's human drama, if you like. Now, there's another here. The gentleman who helped an elderly lady to a handsome cab on Tuesday the 15th in Regent Street. Please answer this box number where he will hear something to his advantage. Uh, Or even better still, what about this one? All is well with higher clergy. Await instructions, seabird. And doesn't that stir the imagination, Watson?
1: Can you work out what those messages mean in terms of human relationships? No, oh, no, I can't. But, well, we approach life from different angles, Holmes. I, I'm concerned with the physical well-being of my patients, and I'm content to heal their bodies as best I can. I'll leave the imaginative workings of the mind to you. Ah, a visitor. This could prove interesting. I wonder if Mrs. Hudson's still with us. If I think she is yet to say goodnight. She usually pops her head in... Uh, Yes, I think she's answering the door. And I know I had no appointments this evening. Oh, well, at least it will alleviate the boredom.
2: Oh, excuse me, Mr. Holmes. A young gentleman to see you, sir. He says it's an urgent matter, but he ain't got no appointment. Have you the time? All
0: the time in the world, Mrs. Hudson. Show him in, please. Yeah,
2: right, sir. This way,
0: please. Thank you. Thank you very much. I must beg your pardon. This is an intrusion, but I do need your help. You are Sherlock Holmes? At your service. This is my friend and colleague, Dr. John Watson. How do, you do. Whatever it is you have to say may be said in front of him. We work together on most of my cases. Uh, please do sit down. I see that you have walked here. You must be fatigued in this hot weather. Place your jacket over that chair. Feel free to smoke your pipe if you wish. Oh, thank you. Now, what is it that you're so anxious to talk to me about? Is it something connected with your past in the Merchant Navy? Or your present job, which is to do with explosives? Good heavens, Mr. Holmes. I was told that you were swift to deduce things, but how do you know all this about me? I know very little about you, except that you walk like a seaman, that you have a tattoo mark from Australia on your right forearm, and that while your hands are well kept, suggesting that you do not indulge in manual work, the hairs on both hands and arms have been recently scorched. Those type of burns are usually associated with experiments with some form of gunpowder. Are you perhaps a scientist of some sort? Well, I'm amazed at your perception. Yes, yes, I am my name is Jimmy Richardson I've had quite a checkered career which did include a long stint at sea I've always been interested in chemical and explosive research at the moment I work for Mr. Giles Bishop in his experimental workshop at Twickenham I've been with him for a little over a year now and well it's because of him that I'm here you see Mr. Bishop is an inventor quite a brilliant one he's been perfecting a new type of gun if he succeeds in selling the invention it could revolutionize modern infantry warfare he was to have given a demonstration next week Everything has been going splendidly, and we are both sure of success. But, well, you see, Mr. Bishop has simply disappeared. Disappeared? Yes, without trace. We were due to carry out final tests at the workshop yesterday afternoon. I arrived, let myself in with my key, and did some paperwork while waiting for him. He didn't arrive. I worked until ten o'clock and then packed up and went home. I thought some technical matter arising from his negotiations with the war office might have delayed him. Well, I, I work early this morning and was once again at work before him. When he didn't arrive by ten o'clock, I once again locked up and went round to his lodgings. The landlady, Mrs. Craddock, said he hadn't been seen since the previous evening. His bed was not slept in. He... he must have been missing for two days and I'm... I'm at my wit's end. I... I don't know what could have happened to him. You've been to the police? No, no, I... I think the very nature of Mr. Bishop's work indicates that I should stay away from the police. Frankly, Mr. Holmes, I'm worried that someone is after our new invention... In the hands of a foreign power, it could have a devastating effect upon our military position in many parts of the world. You have evidence that the secrets of this new gun have been leaked abroad? No. No evidence at all. I've made a complete check of the workshop. All the equipment is intact. All the relative papers are safely under lock and key. Nothing is missing. I would know if there was. It's all untouched, exactly as it should be for our demonstration. Mm. And then you're worried for Mr. Bishop personally? Yes. He's a wonderful man. It would be much more to the advantage of a foreign power to kidnap him and force all the knowledge from him than it would be to simply take the gun and its secrets. Please, won't you help to try and trace what has happened to him? It is far more important than I've been able to explain. I know that Mr. Bishop would not go off at this crucial time without letting me know what he was doing. He must have been abducted, forced away against his will. It's an urgent
1: matter, Mr. Holmes. Please say that you will help Holmes agreed. Even if it had not been such a slack period in his career, I think he would have taken the case. His first reaction was typical. After taking Jimmy Richardson's address and making an appointment to see him early the next morning, he invited me up to dine. We hailed a handsome cab, and to my surprise, Holmes requested that we be driven to the Diogenes Club. And once there, of course, he asked for his brother, Mycroft, who invited us to join him. Uh, there's another gentleman in the party, a uh, Mr. James Jules. Good to see you both. Do join us, sir. Oh, allow me to introduce you. This is Mr. James Jules. Jules is my brother Sherlock and his colleague, Dr. John Watson. Thank you. Jules Hi, is in the defense ministry. Oh, uh, uh, it's well, a... This is a most timely meeting.
0: As a matter of fact, I have one or two queries regarding an interesting case that has come my way. Perhaps between the two of you, you might be able to give me a little advice.
1: I've heard so much about you from your brother that I doubt if I can advise you on anything. But I should be a very avid listener. Let's order a drink, sir, and you can tell us what's on your mind, Sherlock. Waiter, same again, please. And uh, two more scotch and sodas. That will be to your liking, won't it, Watson? Uh, Thank you, thank you, yes. Uh, I know my brother's taste. Well, now, tell us what it is that you're interested in at the moment, Sherlock. More murder and mayhem? I sincerely hope not.
0: Now, I'm inquiring about an inventor named Giles Bishop. I believe he's recently been in touch with the
1: War Office. I'd like to check up on him. Uh, Jules will tell you more than I can. Although I do know the name, of course. Giles Bishop. Yes, I know him. Bit of a crank. Comes up with all manner of ideas. Some of them might work, but they're very extreme. As a matter of fact, he's got an application in for a demonstration regarding some new-fangled invention. He wants to sell it to an armaments firm. He can only do so if the defense boys recommend it. I can tell you here and now the chances are very slim. Of course, one has to have experiments in all fields in order to get progress. But frankly, I'd say Bishop's simply far too visionary. <laughs> Lots of our people think he's as mad as a hatter. What's your interest in him, Holmes? Well, I'm not quite sure. I should very
0: much like to meet him. But he seems to be out of town at the moment.
1: Ah, a good thing, if you ask me. Won't be bothering us every five minutes. I'd say whatever your problem is, you'd be well advised to forget it. Ah, here are the drinks. Your very good health, gentlemen. I was surprised that Holmes appeared to take James Jewell's advice, for he immediately changed the subject, and during and after an excellent dinner, the matter was not referred to again. We left the club quite early and took a hansom back to Baker Street. Holmes appeared thoughtful and hardly spoke. It wasn't until we were actually outside 221B that he showed any sign of interest. Having paid off the cab, we found young Jimmy Richardson waiting on the pavement. Ah, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson,
0: I've been waiting for you. I, I have to tell you, I have received a letter from Mr. Bishop. He says there is nothing wrong and that he has simply gone away for a few days to think things out. But the letter is a fake. I'm sure it is. Please, won't you study it and give me some advice? I know it's late, but
1: please, won't you agree? I'd rarely known a case start off so very keenly. I was surprised when instead of dismissing Jimmy Richardson, Holmes actually readily agreed and showed the young man upstairs to our sitting room. There, he asked to see the letter from the missing inventor. Oh, dear Richardson,
0: a short note to say that I've gone away into the country for a week. I've been at it too hard, and I'm inclined to rather overdo it a bit. I want you to clearly understand that there is nothing to worry about. I will see to everything when I return. I want you to simply carry on, as usual, yours, Giles B. Uh, This is his handwriting? Oh, yes, it's his handwriting. No doubt about that. I don't think anyone has forged the note, but he must have been forced to write it. To start with, he would never call me Richardson. He would write Dear Jimmy. And then here, he, he would never sign himself Giles B. He would write G. Bishop. Yes. Also, I take it that he's a very educated man. Oh, yes, yes. Most learned And yet he has split three infinitives in one short note. Yes, I think you must be right. The note is deliberately couched in this way to arouse suspicions and put us off the track. Uh, Did this come through the post? Yes, here, the envelope. Uh, See, you can just make out the postmark. Mm. Richmond, Surrey. Do you think that I, I should get in touch with the police after all, Mr. Holmes? Get them to alert the Richmond squad with a description of Mr. Bishop? No, 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 I don't. If this letter was written under duress, then it would not be posted in an area where we can trace it back. Yes, I think I shall start from quite the opposite end. Uh, it's late now. There's nothing more we can do tonight. But first thing tomorrow morning, I should like you to take Watson and me to Mr. Bishop's lodgings. That is where we shall start. Now, uh, Shall we agree to meet at seven o'clock
1: here for an early breakfast? Jimmy Richardson was right on time the next morning, and Holmes, who had spent a good 20 minutes in deep thought over the agony columns of the morning papers, served him breakfast with no mention of his plans for the day. We took a cab and drove to Giles Bishop's lodgings. They were on the top floor of a terraced house in St. Margaret's Avenue, Spring Grove. Mrs. Mabel Craddock received us with genteel disapproval.
2: Of course, you may see the rooms, although I consider it quite unnecessary. I received a short note only yesterday from Mr. Bishop to say that he decided to spend a week in the country. It's quite clear that he will return when he thinks fit.
0: Uh, May I see that note, Mrs. Craddock?
2: I don't think I kept it. It was just a short note in his own hand. I recognise the handwriting. Oh, really, Mr. Holmes, I don't know what all this is about. This way, please, up the stairs. Mr. Richardson, you've been here before as Mr. Bishop's guest. Would you like to show these gentlemen the way?
0: Yes, yes, of course.
2: I'd be obliged if you would make sure everything is neat and orderly when you come down. I would not like Mr. Bishop to feel his belongings have been disturbed in any way.
0: I assure you that we shall not interfere. It's simply the fact that we wish to find out exactly where Mr. Bishop has gone. It is very important. A matter regarding his work. Oh, oh, oh I see. Uh, one other point. Uh, when precisely did you last see Mr. Bishop?
2: Oh, when he retired for the night three nights ago. He went to his rooms. I heard nothing. But he must have changed his mind and gone out again. For the next morning, he had gone. His bed had not been slept in, you see. He must have decided to pack and leave that night. Eight think it rather odd as the front door was still bolted. He must have let himself out the back way. I was a little disturbed at first, but of course the note he sent was put everything all right. Up those stairs. I shall be waiting for you when you come down, when you finish.
0: Thank you, Mrs. Craddock. Uh, please follow me. So, she had a note as well. I wonder what clues Mr. Bishop left hoping that she would realise all was not well. Now, I'm afraid Mrs. Craddock isn't the type to understand subtleties. Uh, no, no, in, in here. Hmm. Ah. Uh, so, so, these are his rooms. This is the living room, and through here, I presume, is the bedroom. Yes, 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 I think this is the room we want. It looks out over the back roofs, doesn't it? A sash window, and outside, yes, a small fire escape to the roof. Uh, d- uh, just give me a hand with this, will you, Watson? Well, you think the bishop might have left
1: through the window, Holmes? Well, that would certainly explain why Mrs. Craddock didn't hear anything. Yes, and also how the front door remained bolted. <clears throat>
0: Uh, Just a moment. Don't touch anything until I've made a thorough examination. Yes, there are fresh scratches on the brown paintwork. See here and out on the ledge, near the iron staircase, several cigarette butts. Did Giles Bishop smoke, Richardson? No, not at all. He maintained that it was too dangerous in the job that he's doing. Yes, I see. Well, then it seems clear that the abduction, if there was one, took place from here. Come on, let's see if we can follow a trail. I have an idea, we're on the right lines at
1: last. Holmes clambered out of the window onto the iron fire escape, and I followed him. The staircase led both up and down. Holmes went up, and we found ourselves on a flat rooftop. It seemed to lead to nowhere, until Holmes pointed out yet another small flight of iron stairs that took us up and across yet another roof. Holmes moved slowly and carefully examining the slates and tiles that gave way on either side. Eventually, he was satisfied. Yes, there's no doubt about it, Watson. I should
0: say two men were involved. They carried or dragged our man across this space on the roof, and then...
1: And then what, Holmes? Having got him up here, what the devil did they do? Well, there's only one explanation. Look, uh, down there, see that roof? Yeah, large glass and light. Holmes... Is it possible that they took him through there? That's the only explanation.
0: Well, what if we do? Climb down there and break in? No, I think that would be a little premature. No, no, but Watson. We must spend the rest of the day making preparations. I must get in touch with Mycroft once again and visit a few newspaper offices. And then, and then tonight, with the aid of Mrs. Craddock's back door key, we get into the house, come up here, and it is then that we break through that fanlight. Come. Let's go back the way we came. And not a word of this to anyone,
1: not even Jimmy Richardson. I was completely baffled by the rest of that day. When I saw Holmes, he was either hurrying in or out of our rooms at Baker Street. He seemed tireless. But I knew him well enough to recognize that he had formed a theory and was working upon it. That evening, at about nine o'clock, we once again took a cab and made our way to Spring Grove. The house we're about to burgle is owned
0: by Mr. Harold Kestrel,
1: Watson. He works as head of the Essex
0: Arsenal. Now, does that not mean something to him? Uh, well, uh, I suppose. Uh, frankly, no. The Essex Arsenal supplies government arms of various types on contract to the Defense Ministry. Now, surely there must be connection with Kestrel and Bishop's new invention. Yes, now that makes sense. Now you may have noticed that I've been taking a great interest in the agony column of the newspapers. Do you remember one insertion? It read in the morning paper, All is Well with Higher Clergy, Seabird. Now, well, surely that can easily read, All is Well with Bishop Kestrel. Joe Holmes, that's clever. Thank you. And there was a reply to that insertion. It read, Seabird, take care of clergy. Money ready. Two J's. Mm. What well, you, you you think of ransom is about to pay? No, 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 I don't. Now, let me read you tonight's message. It is, clergy dangerously ill, call ten tonight, knock three times with money and instructions, seabird. Oh, well, not you think they're about to kill a man? No, 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 Watson, it's a trap, a trap I laid by myself. You see, I placed that insertion. If I'm right, we shall clear the whole matter up in just one hour. Ah, here is St. Margaret's Avenue good. It won't be long now, Watson. <laughs>
1: The entry into Bishop's lodgings and the quiet scramble across the rooftops in the evening light were far easier than I anticipated. Holmes had left nothing to chance. We had ropes, lanterns and rubber-soled shoes. It was only a matter of minutes before we found ourselves on the rooftop of the house owned by the man Kestrel. Holmes reached into his pocket and produced a gun.
0: There. You see, Watson, there's a light on. Being a fanlight, there can be no curtain. Careful, now let me go first. Yes, yes, I can see. Yes, we are right.
2: There
0: is a man lying on the bed. He seems asleep, and another sitting in a chair beside him. Well, how the devil do we get down there? There is only one way, Watson. I am going to simply jump through the glass. Follow me as quickly as you can. I will deal with the tug on guard. You attend to the man on the bed, who must be Bishop. Ready? Here I go. All right. Stand and uh, have your hands over your head. Who, who are you? Now, what's this all about? Not to sound, not to sound, or oh, you're a dead man. Watson. It,
1: it's all right, Holmes. <coughs> I, I'm with you. Tend to Bishop. Uh, very well. But this man's drugged, Holmes. He's he's still alive. And I, I I can't wait for you. Don't try. Wait.
0: Listen. Hmm. Stay quite still, Kestrel, and you won't be hurt. The game is up. For the police are surrounding the house. We are taking Giles Bishop out of here, and you are going to face arrest for kidnapping and assault. Come on.
1: After that, events happened at a remarkable speed. A man named Kestrel must have realized that he could not escape. He refused to make a statement, wisely waiting for his lawyer to advise him. Holmes left me to take care of Bishop, and at gunpoint, forced Kestrel and the man called Woods downstairs. They didn't have long to wait before... Open it, Kestrel, and don't make a false move. Very well... Kestrel,
0: what is What's wrong with Bishop? Why they... Ah, we've caught the big fish at last. Come in, James Jules. Mycroft, bring the police in. The case is over.
1: Well done, Sherlock.
2: This way, then. This way.
1: Back at our rooms, Holmes was able to add the final detail. It was all arranged by James Jules. The two J's of the advertisements.
0: He was in need of money. He arranged a deal with Kestrel of the Essex Arsenal... He would renew the standing contracts for a certain sum. But then Bishop came up with this new invention, which, if the defense ministry were impressed by the demonstration, would alter all their contracts for arms. Bishop simply had to be kept out of the way until the business deals went through. Luckily, we were able to foil the kidnappers. The demonstration will take place as planned. And who knows, it could revolutionize the whole of this country's defenses. Let's hope so.
1: Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage as Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson.